Hi everyone, Sam McKay here from Enterprise DNA, and this is the Analytic Mind podcast. In this particular episode, we talk with Anuj Kapoor. Now, Anuj comes from the United Healthcare Group and is the director of analytics for a specific business function uh, within that large conglomerate in, in the United States. He has some really solid background, especially in the healthcare area, also working at uh, some other large organizations like Novartis and uh, Johnson & Johnson. So plenty of good insights over many, many years, decades of, of experience. And so some of the great things that we, we discussed uh, in a bit of detail were around creating problem statements. So, you know, I, I ask questions like, where do you start in these huge organizations? How do you actually know what to prioritize and so we talked about some of the mechanisms that they have built internally um, to actually decide which particular problem they should focus on or which uh, analytics initiative they should prioritize and so there's some really unique insights uh, for that and also how they have built internally a framework around how they attack some of the opportunities uh, that are um, available in the healthcare space. Now, if you think about healthcare, you think about uh, you, know, you think about pharmacies, you think about doctors, you think about the patient. I mean, there's just data everywhere at all parts uh, of the you know the supplier network, the customer, uh, your, your your customer segments, etc. So, uh, so so much information, so much data, so much opportunity, and how do you bring that all together to create something that is going to make an impact to you know maybe the you know, the patient? Focus in on the patient, and I think that. Uh, Anoush really was able to highlight how, uh, especially within their business, they are they are doing that successfully with a data-driven culture or some of the data initiatives that they are running and that he is a part of. Okay, so enough from me. Let's jump into it. Uh, really interesting conversation. Wish it could have gone on for longer. You know, enjoy enjoy the the amount that I um, was a the amount of value that I was able to extract from Anoush in the, in the short time uh, that we had. Okay, all the best. Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind podcast by Enterprise DNA. This is a podcast which dives into a range of different ideas and tips to empowering a data-led culture within organizations. We want you to develop the analytic mind to create immense value for yourself and your teams. Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind podcast. Really interesting guest today. Here I've got Anuj Kapoor. Now, Anuj works for one of uh, the largest healthcare, or if not, maybe the largest healthcare company in the United States. So really excited to leverage off his experiences around, around a whole raft of different uh, data and analytics topics. Uh, Anuj, why don't I, instead of fumbling around an intro, why don't I pass it over to you and maybe you dive a little bit deeper into sort of your background and what you're currently doing now as part of U the United Health Group. Uh, and then uh, we'll just take things from there. Sure, Sam. Uh, first of all, thanks for inviting me on this podcast. When you reach out to me, it's always uh, it's good to share your experiences, right? It's a very tight com community, right, of uh, analytics folks across the world, right? Sharing mm -hmm. experiences. Sometimes on the weekend, I actually learn from my colleagues in different company or even within the company we are such a large enterprise right mm -hmm. so for your audience my name is anuj kapoor i'm a director for 
uh, analytics for Optum RX and specifically to speciality and infusion business. And uh, as an organization, we are so huge. We, we for, for, for the audience purpose, United Health Group have two major components. One is United Healthcare. We are the largest health insurance company in United States. Then we have a service arm being called as Optum and Optum have three book of businesses. The way we report to Wall Street is OptumRx, Optum Health, and uh, Optum Insight. And uh, I work for OptumRx specifically to one of the division of OptumRx is specialty and infusion pharmacy, uh, where my role is to, to drive growth, improve patient and provider experience, and drive cost to what, whatever we do. So that's what I do for Optum. And I'm associated with Optum from last 10 years or so. And where I learn, I will say, basic principle of data analytics on a day-to-day basis. Before mm-hmm. Optum, mm-hmm. I worked for, for different pharmaceutical companies like Novartis, Johnson & Johnson, and worked with a consulting firm uh, uh, being acquired by Paraxel now. And mm-hmm. in this 16 years of journey, I have uh, five international patents. Uh, on drug discovery, and uh, I have written a book on drug discovery with Tata Micro Hills in India, mm-hmm. and I have around more than 20 plus international publication on health economics and outcome research. Uh, mm-hmm. By education, I'm a pharmacist, but I have an analytic bend of mind, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm hearing and speaking with Sam today. <laughs> that's great well there's there's some interesting things there that i didn't, I didn't even know so so it'd be it'd be great to maybe have a have a look at into those as as we chat now so you're working in a really large organization at the moment and, and you've worked at historically some some large organizations uh what are some of the unique insights that you have you feel in your you know your your space within those large organizations because you know within large organizations there's there's a bit of bureaucracy, there's politics. So where, where do you, what are some of the unique things that you've seen in the data and analytics area specifically? Uh, so, yes, uh, so it's a very, very good question, right? And uh, the way I see the things when you ask right questions, then you will get the right answers. So what I love about working with United, right? Your questions being heard, right? So that's a culture which we have in United Health Group. Right. So, so many times uh, when we look into our analytics community or data analyst or, or I will say a data consultant, if they get more specific on the data, right, they get into the weeds rather than what the problem they are solving. So any data and analytics uh, questions and problem need to be defined first, right? What we are solving, right, for. And then you get into the data, what data we need. And that's where the key is. And my recommendation always to my team and to the broader group is why you need data first define the problem statement for me, right? If you have an hypothesis you want to answer, right? If you don't know, then the data is data, right? It's putting into a different source system, right? So that's one of my recommendation would be what's your problem statement and what you are going to solve for. And when you solve for the leadership or or I will say executive, what we what they look for. If you have this problem statement, what you are going to solve for, right? What's the value and ROI of it, right? And that's mm-hmm. why you put an effort to do a kind of analytical framework, right? That's why you need the data. 
So anything which you resonate with Wall Street or it's resonate with any enterprise, right? If you solve this problem statement, uh, are you going to decrease the cost for the enterprise? Are you going to show the revenue growth for the enterprise? The third is, if we do so, then we can serve our customer better. Are you improving the experience? If we are able to answer these three, right? Any of your problem statement should serve these three problem statement or three hypotheses, right? It's going to drive the cost, it's going to increase the revenue or it's drive experience. Other than these three pieces, there is nothing as a business, right? And that's what executive mm -hmm. is much more worried about day and day, day and night. And that's what we need to answer through our data. And I think mm -hmm. that's where people lose insight because they are more engineers or I will say data consultant they want to work on the data, but they don't focus on problem statement. And the problem statement should be attached with certain return of investment for the executive. And what mm -hmm. I'm able to do in, in 16 years, right, to convince the executives or leadership is asking the right questions, mm -hmm. which help the enterprise yeah. to flourish. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of great things that you've mentioned there. Well, one of the one of the things that sticks out to me is, is sort of this triangle of cost, revenue, and experience. Focusing your your analytical efforts or or your priorities around those three things, and if you yep. can do that, that's when you can actually showcase the upfront value before you go and spend money on the technology or or spend the time and the resource. So I really like that. One one of the other things that I want to follow up with you on is within these large organizations, and I presume even within your 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 segment of of of, of the larger piece of of the puzzle. You've got so many opportunities in front of you around your know, time, your know, cost, revenue, and experience. How do you prioritize? How do you work out what to prioritize uh, within each of these initiatives that you could be running around data and analytics? Oh, again, very good question, Sam. So the way, and, and I said that United Culture, right? The mm. patient or the member come first, right? And that's what we want to focus upon. And that's mm -hmm. what the healthcare is all about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your revenue, your cost can come later, your patient experience. So that's why we always say one at a time, one patient at a time, one physician at a time. So we mm -hmm. want to serve them, give a more personalized experience. If we do this thing better, then cost and revenue will happen automatically. So our first priority is patient and provider and the health care stakeholders come first. Uh, mm -hmm. That's how we look into and prioritize our work. The second is, are we serving them? What's uh, get a business goal in mind, right? We are in the business. So what will happen if we serve them better? Can we serve them better in a more affordable way? So that's the cost. Can we decrease the cost per script for the patient? Can we help the patient to have financial assistance for their drugs, what they need? Can we deliver the medication on time? Can we help the patient so that they can have adherence to the to the drug so that they can they can they, they can be treated better, right? Can we look into it? The patient require nurses on the phone. Can we provide that services on time? If the patient have something to share with about their their I will say mental status, can we have some advocates on the call to share? share their experiences, what they are feeling. So mm -hmm. in this way, we can proactively make healthcare affordable, but also, also serve the customer better. 
which is the mm. utmost thing for any business. So mm. in United culture, we believe serve customer one at a time, provide more personalized services to the customer, then the rest will fall upon automatically. So that's mm. what how we prioritize our work in the large organization like us. When you, when you, those are all great, great examples of, of, of a range of optimizations that you can that you can complete within a, within a business in, in general. To me, though, they they stand out in that they they're, they're always things you, they're, they're sort of like you, you never fully solve them, so they're, they're kind of like always open. And so, how when when you know you always want to serve your customer better, you always want to make a better experience, you always want to serve them faster and cheaper. So, how do you? within those questions extract what you should then focus on because you you, you I, I presume you, you might have a range of different business functions coming at you at the same time and your resource construct you've got resource constraints so is it is it is it as simple as is okay what's got the highest roi is, is it as simple as that or 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 is it is there more to it very valid question and that's we face right it's more about a demand and supply question right the way i look mm-hmm. into it the demand is everyone wants the things to be done yesterday, right? And uh, where where I operate, uh, I work for the sales team, I work for operations team, right? Where we we track our key metrics for the business. Uh, but I realize in last 16 years, right, uh, we don't have an army of people, right, to 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 solve for every problem which enterprise has. But we we do want to make sure we prioritize those in a way which help the enterprise uh, overall. So the first thing we look into it, can we streamline more of our data pieces, right? So the puzzle or, or data will answer what's the cost benefit and, and ROI is, right? So the good thing we have done as an enterprise is bring all the data together and uh, and uh, have a data roadmap, right? What type of data will answer what type of questions? So that's the good thing we have done as an enterprise. Second mm-hmm. thing we have done, the quality of the data on which we make decision making. And that's what many many of uh, new startup, I will say big enterprise forget because they go with the hype like artificial intelligence, machine learning, but the quality of the data is not appropriate to apply those. So the mm-hmm. second thing, good good thing we have done as an enterprise, what's the quality of the data, right? Can we do a dynamic testing of the data if it's falling appropriate as per expectation so we can make better decisions? The third is that how we can, we can prioritize is that's your question. So we look into from the patient lens, provider lens, health insurance lens, pharmacy lens, PBM lens, right? Where we have a biggest opportunity and ROI, we do our formal CBA process for any mm-hmm. opportunity and uh, score them that which one to focus upon and uh, and follow certain agile methodology right to to such as Kanban or or I will say agile to score each of our opportunities uh, with the with the valid ROI and uh, prioritize uh, based on the resources constraint we have. So in this way, we serve the enterprise where we have maximum opportunity and uh, and a valid return. And uh, as I mentioned, money will come, right? Or revenue will fall upon or cost to serve the can be decreased. Uh, but as an enterprise, our focus is to serve the patient first uh, mm-hmm. because uh, that's the priority when you work in a healthcare 
analytics and a more controlled environment where your major objective is uh, to serve uh, who, who who need us right and mm. that's what i love about united um, mm. uh, being uh, being contributing i will say 0.1 or 0.001% of it and uh, being in such a, a massive organization is still able to uh, serve patients and members who need us that's great I, i i really like the idea there of of having a custom scoring you know just 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 the 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 broad idea of a of a custom scoring mechanism to prioritize uh, and i think that is a a a fair way to evaluate you know, because they, they, it, all businesses are different and so every every i, I don't think there, there's one way you can score things i mean there's probably a lot of different factors that go into what should be prioritized in the analytics uh, with your analytics initiative and in some sort of custom scoring mechanism to to almost announce to the organization what you're going to focus on first and prioritize i think is a is a is a really good strategy and and can add a lot of value what i wanted to jump in to next anuj was so you've got uh, so you've got you i presume it sounds like you've got you've got you've probably got a lot of things going on at uh, at the same time what's your philosophy on enablement so how do you actually enable your your initiatives around data in your organization so for example you know there there is a very you know recently there's this big push around self service so you're actually giving a lot of the sort of visualization abilities to the sort of front lines but you know also there's you know a lot of work that needs to be done in the back end so what what's what, what is your thoughts on what's the the best method for enablement of of data strategies again uh, a great question right and that's what keep me awake right i've been in industry from last 16 years right mm-hmm. and uh, i still remember when i'm when i joined my first company right technology is not evolved to an extent where we are currently today right the data set or digitization not happened to to such a larger extent where we are today so my my recommendation you can say or experience right over 16 years the way i look into it the first is people started doing a descriptive uh, analytics when i say descriptive it's a simple method you pull the data and uh, you have to group one is control and uh, one is test right and you can compare it okay how x number of people are doing compared to y right which is a more a simple descriptive analytics uh, and i still prefer that descriptive way of looking into the data because we know the hype of ai and machine learning right people mm-hmm. want to predict the future unless and until i trust the data i can't predict the future right so i want to get a good hold on my descriptive data what is the quality of the data is the data every time i receive is the correct data because all my decision is based on that which is more descriptive in nature then there is an era of uh, visualization if i remember when i started i start putting my dashboard in microsoft excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. you don't have this power bi click view tableau einstein in salesforce right you name mm-hmm. it i have worked on those technology and tools right mm-hmm. or either my team have actually working upon those two right is it a more i will say awesome way of representing the data yes right are you going to get different what you have in a spreadsheet no because it's just you require more time to have a dashboard in a spreadsheet 
as compared to these new technologies we have. And that's why I'll say tools are enablement. Tools enable the company to be fast, efficient, and help uh, to drive the business decision making. So one era I've seen is about business intelligence, where everyone wants to use Tableau, Power BI, ClickView, or so many tools available in the marketplace. You can compare, there's one is better over the other, but that's not the purpose here. That's one of the era I've seen. But only the problem I see with those tools or those technology, even with the spreadsheet is, someone have to go and click it. There is a time of the person who's seeing it, right? The person should know and be competent like an analytic mind who knows what to look at it. And that's not some time is, uh, is possible with the people like who in sales. They are not analytics mm-hmm. people. You are putting a mm-hmm. lot of data in front of them, right? What they needed is a simple an answer to their question, right? And now what the era is about machine learning, supervised learning, unsupervised machine learning, and also artificial intelligence. And then voice, like you, you ask Siri right now, that Siri, mm-hmm. right, what's the weather outside? Siri give you an answer. That's what people are looking for now in industry. And even at healthier, even I will say across in the finance sector or banking sector, I will say. So my vision to, to, to the group I, I, I'm the part of, my vision to the group is, can we save people time rather than then go to their desktop or laptop or, or iPhone or iPad, they still need to go to the dashboard and, and select certain dropdown to get the information what they are looking for. So how we can add voice to that BI tool? Because it's already there, data is there, you can build supervised model. And you ask the question, we will create another Siri, which is a part of our organization, which will answer the question. For example, the sales team works on the quota or targets. We give them the target. We say that, okay, you need to meet $10 million every month. And now to look into it, where that sales rep, or I will say the, the person, they need to go select their name from the dropdown, look into their sales, and get into where they are currently against their targets, right? So if they ask the simple question like Siri, Siri, where I'm against my targets, where I'm going up, where I'm going down, for which physician we need to meet, for which health system we need to meet, whatever, right? So so the future of visualization or tools I see is the voice where people ask questions, we get an answer. But Mm -hmm. to develop such tools, or I will say, such automated tools or or I will say such perfect tools where you ask the question, you get an answer, your data quality will drive it. And that's mm-hmm. where I see less focus of the people and enterprise because mm-hmm. they get into the hype, right? We can create a voice-based tool, but if your underlying data is, is wrong, then the Siri will also give you a wrong answer, right? So that's what my I, vision I about the, uh, the technology and the tools, yeah. I think the reality is that the, when you, data quality isn't as sexy as data visualization. I think that's just the reality. Yeah, that's the reality. And and <laughs> uh, uh, and I push my team members, right? If the data yeah. is not right, maybe you have created Sankey chart, you have created bubble chart. These look fancy, right? People like mm-hmm. fancy things, right? Even you and me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, for, for business decision, those fancy chart, right? If I look into and make a decision, which costs the enterprise millions, I would rather prefer to spend more time on my data quality rather than 
um, those fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always a balancing act, isn't it? Because one thing that I I think that these these new age of tools has done is that they have they're really marketing the value proposition of data and analytics better than ever before because you know historically it was all just static it was powerpoint it was you know really first generation tools but now you can actually get so much more buy-in from exactly the executive layer you know key stakeholders and that's what's going to drive more investment back into the data and analytics space and then obviously a lot of those other things can be improved at the same time so even though they're not the entire answer, and I think you were sort of suggesting that as well, uh, you know, I think I think they are a big part of getting it front and center, front of mind, and uh, and I've certainly certainly seen that, uh, you know, with my own experiences over time as well. And, and I always believe these tools and technologies are the enablers. They make mm-hmm. you efficient. They help you mm-hmm. to do your job. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you miss the business acumen or domain. Mm. then you don't understand your data, right? So these tools mm. uh, uh, not going to help. That's why we have a very rigorous training process uh, in Optum. Whosoever mm. join us, uh, we we want to spend time with new people. People come from finance industry, right? People come from different domain. We always want to spend time. They understand healthcare. They understand our business. They can do wonders with the data. Otherwise, it's data as it is in the system is always a one data point, right? If you mm-hmm. can't make a sense out of that data point, then we don't have a right people to do the job. And that's why we spend a lot of time training people in which business we are in, what data important to us, what key metrics important to us, why it's mm-hmm. important to us. And that help us to get things done here. Mm. Well, I think I think that is, that is, that is such a strong point to dive into and, and 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 a really good segue into a question i have for you is how you know not everyone is of the analytic mind as you said how do we you know but but we i i think we both agree that that data and analytics is becoming far more prevalent far more um there's far more immersion in it um, there's so much value that can be extracted from it so how do organizations of any size how do they build more data savviness? How do, how do we uh, enable people to be more analytic-minded? Um, I know you mentioned training, but you know m- maybe more specifics around how do we build a, sort of a culture around this where everyone is able to be competent uh, with the you know their with with data, you know, and and with the value that can be extracted from these initiatives. Again, great question, right? And uh, I, I can I can talk about my journey, right? And as I've said in my introduction, I'm a pharmacist by education. So I understand science. I understand mm-hmm. drug. I understand diseases. Mm-hmm. And when I started my journey with pharmaceutical companies, what I learned is more towards clinical data. And that's why it's my passion always to to identify new treatments and where we see a gap, right? So diseases like cancer, multiple sclerosis, right? And there are many diseases we don't have a treatment like Alzheimer, et cetera. And what I learned in in those 16 years is nobody can teach you, right? People, People say, right, 
we don't have a organized training in the enterprise right which talks about what stuff we need to work upon right you can have an organized training my advice to your audience will be right the first thing is are you doing what you are passionate about i i'm passionate about healthcare that's why i am in healthcare the second thing is i'm passionate about the data and i always learn new things with the data because data tell me that is the right treatment for the patient we see a lot of data coming out of this covid vaccine right i still go and and download the data by myself and compare the data of efficacy of these vaccine because i'm passionate about it so my recommend recommendation to your audience will be training is one thing and enterprise do a wonderful job what they need to do based on their size of the enterprise and how they invest on their people with an employee engagement etc but my recommendation is is up to you how much you passionate about right how you approach it it's uh, every journey is different when i started analytic uh, journey in my career i started with three simple principle and all the analytics is dependent upon that is the basic principle of statistics all the numbers is mean median and mode rest is hype in the data if you can look into the average look into the median you look into the mode these are the three critical variables of the data nothing much all all are hype then you have minimum and maximum that's what data will tell you nothing else nothing new then you apply certain statistic principle to summarize the data what that statistical principle is 95% confidence interval right we say that mean will fall on that or median will fall on that so if i say the basic of analytics lies in the simplicity people created a hype out of it don't get into the hype get into the basic detail get your fundamentals right and uh, nobody can teach you the fundamentals so mm. if you are passionate about my suggestion is start downloading their data play with data as much you play with the data the domain you are in and focus on the basic principles of data which is mean median mode and then start getting into the hype like machine learning ai supervised unsupervised learning and that's why i still in 16 years of careers i have built ai models i have built machine learning models i still rely on 90% of the time on my descriptive analytics i look into mean median mode those will answer my most of the question now if i want to offer something to my customer which is great enough i check my data quality and build those models on top of it my data which will help me to drive the predictive view of the future right or i will say i don't require a resource to do it i can create a bot on top of my data which can do an intelligent decision making so in a nutshell focus on your enterprise training that helps you to learn the domain second is download the data for your domain focus on basic uh, metrics like mean median mode start from there and then start getting into more complex way of doing the things yeah i like i like some of your thoughts there i i definitely agree with the intellectual curiosity not only for individuals but almost like a collective if you can build a collective intellectual curiosity within your teams within your business functions i think that is that is going to be a powerful driver around the value extraction from from your data initiatives i think i think yep. that's a that's a, that's a really good one and another thing that sort of pops up into my mind when you mention the sort of the stages in terms of like start here go to here go to here 
you know, with your with your with your analytics work is prototyping. I think that is a really good way to build engagement from you know pretty early on and get buy-in and also build that analytical capability is just get some simple prototyping. It doesn't need to be a rubber stamped report. It doesn't need to be something that you send up to the board, the board level or you know that you actually make decisions on from day one. It's just it's just the involvement. It's just it's just getting the engagement up front. I think is is you know half the battle. And once once you do that, you you can get into the more more advanced and 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 exciting you know parts of of the analytics space. That's kind of my my key takeaway. Totally agree. And 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 you have used the right word: intellectual curiosity, right? And you you can't expect that enterprise everyone who is passionate about the job right and passionate mm-hmm. about what they do because we need to run a company right and enterprise need to look into it you can't have all the rock star right mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. have some rock star in your team right and that's where your intellectual curiosity started and totally agree with you that's what we do we don't want to boil the ocean right what we want to do is start small create a prototype do a pilot prove the roi scale it up right and that's mm. the journey of any analytic project or any analytic framework because when you mm. go with the, with lot of metrics lot of data this will confuse people right be small be simple and nimble and show the prototype can do and then scale it up because then people start trusting you believing you and maybe they are not technical but they buy your decision what's right for the business mm, i 100% agree why don't we why don't we move on to what i thought would be really interesting because you work in quite a unique area right you know yep. healthcare and you've got a unique background what are some exciting things that you are actually doing like what are some exciting projects that you're working on that are having a big impact i think i think that would be really interesting to maybe dive into some of those Yes, so again interesting question. Couple of things we do, right? As I mentioned, our main goal is to serve the patient one at a time. Now, when I say I work for a specific department or a division of Optum. So, I represent Optum RX specialty and infusion business. What it means, right? For your audience is specialty and infusion, right? Specialty is a group of drugs which which the name depicts by itself is a special. When we say special, they are high cost drug. They are manufactured, not same like uh, a drug like paracetamol. They get discovered and manufactured with the biological process. The third aspect is uh, you don't find a lot of patients will be taking this drug as a low volume, high cost drug. The fourth is uh, is is of biological origin there are high chances the patient may have a side effect to these drugs and fifth is these drugs administration will require a supervision by the physician or a healthcare worker right now it's low volume high cost kind of category of the drugs so these patient who have special diseases for example unfortunately these patient have cancer these patient have multiple sclerosis and these patients may have cystic fibrosis these patient may have hemophilia now these patient require special care and think about their immune system is already very weak there are high chances these patient are polychronic when i say polychronic along with this main disease they have 
certain other diseases. Think about the condition this patient is in, where the patient is on multi-treatment, polychronic condition, and now you want to serve them better, right? And that's the fantastic job I'm doing from last 10 years. And that's what I'm passionate about and love about it. So how we take these individuals and take care of them personally. What we have seen in the in the pharmacy space, people are in the dispensing business where you get a prescription, you get the drug. But how you do an overall care for this patient by looking into their condition. So we look into the patient in a 360 degree view. What the total needs of the patient, what their healthcare needs are. and Within United Health Group, right, we touch all portion of the healthcare system. We are the largest payer. We are the largest PBM. We are the largest pharmacy. We have the largest provider network. We are the largest supplier for, for pharmaceutical company. So we touch every portion of the healthcare ecosystem. And when we touch it, we can have a holistic view of the patient through our data. What these unique needs of these patients? When these patients require nurses, when these patients require a phone call from our advocate, when our provider require help if the, my prescription or their prescription get stuck in the prior authorization system because these are high cost drugs, how we overlay this 360 degree view of the physician, 360 degree view of the patient and align our resources to improve their experience and make sure we care for the patient first one at a time and all those things possible with the data set we have. So we have a 360 degree view of the data and that's what I will say we work upon it and I'm passionate about it and I learn daily when to call the patient. When the patient call us, what the patient is looking from us, can we know it in advance to help them rather than they reach out to us, can we reach out to them in advance and take care of them and look into those data points, when to have those intelligent bot or our advocates should call when we should send the text when we when we engage with them we can engage them with the portal or app can we send the notification can we look into it they are addressed to their drug to their prescription if they have not bought the drug from us can we check with them if they are taking the drug on time can we check with their prescriber if we are not able to track the patient so think mm -hmm. about the data set we have and yeah. the volume of the data we have and the touch point we have and we are trying to mm. to have a patient journey with us mm. and we want to to get as much as help possible from our side to help our patient to have healthier lives i mean that, that's really fascinating stuff what, what's what sticks out to me is you've got so many data inputs but you've got yep. so many outputs as well from the logic that you are building around your data you know you've got a You've got your web portal, you've got notifications, you've got calling um, patients, you've got evaluating the drug efficiently, like uh, optimization. I'm not, probably not using the right terminology, but the, the I mean, it's, it, the complexity seems huge. It seems huge. And, and obviously yeah. this isn't, a, this, this isn't just one project that you, that you get done, right? This is a, this is a constant thing that evolves over, over time. What a, what a, I mean, maybe if you could, give us an insight around how do you manage that complexity like is it you know is there a pipeline that's been set up around your sort of technology that enables the managing of that complexity 
Yes, again, great question, right? So we work on the latest and greatest technology with the massive data set we have, right? And I can talk about in brief, our journey is, right? We started with our uh, NoSQL and SQL process, right? That's mm -hmm. what the database is all about. Then we have some organic growth. We have inorganic growth in the business, right? Where we acquired the different pharmacies and systems. So we have different upstream system. We need to consolidate the data some way and create a master data management, right? Which is the most important factor in our healthcare or anywhere. If you can't track your customer, that means you are doing a shitty job in your business, right? And that's what my worry is. Are we tracking our patient in a unique way? Do we have a patient MDM? Are we tracking all the data point point one patient across our source system, across our upstream system, whether it is pharmacy, whether it's PBM, how we bring all the data together, have a unique way of tracking the patient journey. So we started with SQL, then the technology evolved. Again, those are enabler for us. We move into big data, Hadoop environment. Now we are testing graph database where you have more parallel processing. You can create the nodes, right? And you can run your query in a more fast manner, efficient manner, and then you create API on top of it, right? Where you can have real-time feeds. So if mm -hmm. I if I need to say that there is a journey we had as an enterprise, mm -hmm. and as the technology evolve, we evolve ourselves so that we are not late in the game. And if we want to have a real-time feed of the data, we have our database moving from relational to more more parallel processing and using big data where it's required, we use graph database as per the need of the business, volume of the data, frequency of the data, right? Then do we want to have a Kafka streaming on top of it, right? To, to build an API. And we want to build for multi-variable API or a, or, or a specific API for like a portal or an app. So depending upon the needs we mm -hmm. choose our uh, our toolbox right mm -hmm. but as an enterprise uh, we have done a pretty pretty awesome job in terms of uh, getting the right technology at the right place with the right data point that's great that's great yeah i presume when you're dealing with the enormous volumes and scope of data that that that, that you would be in, a, in an organization of your size you know getting the right infrastructure set up is of huge importance it's hard to build on top of a shaky foundation you know i think i think that's a that's a, a really interesting insight and, and it's good that you sort of brought out some technologies i think i think that's useful just to just to understand what uh, sort of best in practices is, is using to make that happen when uh, we're, uh, we're, we're we've sort of motored through uh, through our time time allotment here which which is great you know it's been been a really insightful discussion what, what i what i would like to maybe touch on briefly is because I know a lot of a lot of a lot of our audience, a lot of our listeners are are not always from an IT background themselves. And they are sort of been more introduced to the analytics space by using tools like Power BI and Tableau and ClickView. And I want to get an understanding on how pervasive these technologies are within your organization and where you think it might go. In, in the future, like with, the, with these technologies more widely available? Because what we're seeing, you know, especially with Power BI, that's my, my organization has most of our experiences. It really is becoming more embedded in people's lives. It's one click away from your email. You can, you can, you can bring up visualizations in Microsoft Teams now. 
and and I think the voice activation is coming. And so I want to just get a an idea of of you know what this the status is with these technologies within within your organization and, and also you know how you think they they could um, enable things in a in a bigger way in the future. Uh, again, great question, right? So, and it's a uh, it's my viewpoint, right? The way I look into the industry, right? Tools are important, but where those tools need to be fit in the enterprise is also important, right? Because others are doing it doesn't mean you also do it, because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit your 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 business model or what we do. So we use all the tools you mentioned depending upon the function we are in, the type of people we we have in that particular department or group, right? Some are more comfortable with Tableau, some are more comfortable with Power BI, some are more comfortable with, with ClickView. But as an enterprise, uh, what matter to us, what these tools will help us to achieve, right? So one way of uh, looking into it, uh, within my 10 years of journey, I've all, used all the three tools by me or by my team. So we have an access to these tools, but it's depending upon the skill set who need to develop uh, these dashboards. They should also understand how Power BI work because syntax are different depending upon the size of the data, right? When you move into production, if your volume of data on a daily basis is in millions, right? Which gives us a more appropriate performance so that it's not refreshing for five minutes, 10 minutes. So performance is a key. The third is all most of the tools work on the basic principle, right? Because in my journey, I build those dashboard and spreadsheet. What these guys have done, given a more drag and drop <laughs> uh, functionality, right? So it's more easy for non-IT people to also create dashboard. They can learn, they can have a new career option, right? For uh, business intelligence and uh, development of such dashboards. So if you ask me my personal... <laughs> viewpoint is for me these are mere tools and these tools are there today maybe they are they are not in future right so so for me any new technology is just an enabler what matters to me is why i am using it and it's worth using it if i am using it can i get an open source i don't have to pay for it and that's what the future will be and people start choosing the technology based on the business need. But still, people or enterprises are evolving. And those decisions are being made at an upper level, right? What type of tools, box we need it, why we need it. Sometimes those decisions being done without doing a proper survey, right? Which tools we need to be having toolbox rather than paying for 10 variety of tools. Yeah. So I think the industry will move there where they prefer one over the other, right? and uh, have a more uh, negotiated based agreements on those toolbox uh, with mm-hmm. the vendor or with the provider and they will be, i will say industry will work with them to evolve that tool for the future use what i have not seen people build the tool but they don't keep the business in mind and they get those feedback from community so when the larger enterprise will work with this technology enabler or provider and they work together to make the future of this tool we talked about voice. Voice may work for finance industry better because it's have a more structured data. But the voice may not work with the healthcare industry. How you get in- input from healthcare industry, finance industry, or I will say retail industry, so that when, when they launch something in the marketplace that have so much of experience within the tool, 
so that nobody can change it in 10 years or 20 years. But uh, I will see the BI is a more kind of now and then you will find someone is coming up with their BI tool. But mm-hmm. I still feel uh, Tableau have an edge over others, Power BI have an edge over others uh, compared mm-hmm. to other tools in the marketplace. And because they're mm-hmm. part of the massive organization, they have those leadership and thinking to evolve mm-hmm. this tool based on, based on the input from the big enterprise like us. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that's a, a really good point you make. And if I'm talking too much, just uh, interrupt me in between. <laughs> no, 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 no worries at all. No worries at all. We we might we might finish up with a, a final question next because I, I like to, we like to keep these to around sort of 50, 50 minutes or so. The uh, but one one thing that I think was interesting is that you know these these latest tools are, are they are great. There's no, there's no denying that they they are opening up a you know advanced analytics or just analytics to a whole new world of people so I, I don't think there's anything wrong there but I, I do like your perspective where these are just tools right you cannot forget the people you cannot forget the 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 problem statements you cannot connect the the fundamentals of you know what 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 you what you are using them for and and at the end of the day these these tools could be outdated in five years time and we could be just at voice or we could just have total automation of this and and so I just I just love that holistic view where it's not just about one thing it's about it's about you know bringing multiple things together to get the maximum impact and and that's sort of what I what I gathered from from your perspective and, and uh, maybe you will speak to some IT people right or technology people they may be able to tell you I'm not an expert to be honest with you right which one is mm. better over the other right it's a toolbox right this will help me to do my job better right mm be more efficient right so if i in my old days i have a pencil box right when i go to school so when i am like first grade i have pencil in my box when i actually ninth grade i have a pen in my box when i've gone for my graduation i have a computer at my home now when i have done my post graduation i have a laptop in my box bag but mm-hmm. my goal across my education is have a learning the rest is the medium to learn yep. so tool tool help me right tool help me to do my job better make me more efficient but my fundamentals will always remain same and those tools are also built on those fundamentals that's why they are able to build and they know what all the problem people face when they use spreadsheet when they build dashboard in a spreadsheet they need to write a lot of formulas Right. And Microsoft, if I talk about, they have learned in their PowerPoint and, and spreadsheet. And uh, in 2010 version, I've seen they have called as a button called as an idea. You have a data in a spreadsheet. If you click on idea, the spreadsheet will tell you the pattern your data. So see, Microsoft spreadsheet is also evolving. They mm. know what people are looking for. And that's the best part of the company like, like these who knows what customer wants, mm. what for what mm. purpose people use those tools. So that's interesting, and I keep on tracking what's new happening in in, in the technology world, and mm-hmm. uh, that helps me be posted right and updated, which one to use where, and uh, and drive those enablement in my day to day job and also in enterprise. Oh, that's good. I like it. Last question for you, Anish, before we round off this episode. Maybe talk to one of. What, is there any 
big trend that you're sort of seeing in in, in the data and analytics space that that might be non-obvious you know that may, maybe it's specific to your your industry you know or or to your business but but just something something that's you know uh, historically I've, I've i've heard automation as one right self-service is another one but is, is there anything else sort of unique to what you have done or what you're doing now that uh, you see as a big trend that we should watch out for I will say I worked on like um, last year and um, the project, which is closer to my heart, right? And I can share is uh, one is a structured data, right? Where you have numericals and you're working on numbers. The second is unstructured data, which is more doctor notes, patient notes, call center notes. Then you have big agreements uh, with your provider networks. You may have agreements with any party, with your vendors. Now, those information lies in your repository, in your SharePoint folders. You don't know what you have agreed upon, what the payment uh, terms are, right? How much you are overpaying and underpaying. So how you mine this unstructured data Mm -hmm. and digitize these contracts or these patient notes or uh, provider notes or call center notes and uh, digitize to an extent where you can use this information uh, which will help uh, your three basic principle i always say for your growth for uh, for your cost saving and your experience so unstructured data analytics can be used many ways and at the future and uh, industry start looking into it digitization of their whole contracts vendor contracts or, or other contracts where i think the future will lie and apart from automation voice and uh, the second uh, i will talk about the image in our industry in healthcare you have x-rays you have ultrasound reports you have eye images right how we can take those image data detect the disease early in the process so if for someone have an x-ray can we detect a, a lung cancer early through ultrasound x-ray images so second trend i will say how image analytics and and detecting the disease early in the process so so that we can manage the patient early in their disease process rather than uh, unfortunately whatever we can do in their late stages right uh, mm-hmm. we are always there to help them so i say what's related to to us is more unstructured data uh, mm-hmm. that's where i see a big changes will happening and that those EHR records, right? You will you will have a lot of text, and then how you take those texts, put in the ICD-10 codes, NOMAD, and medical dictionary, extract the structured data out of unstructured data. The second is uh, image, how we can use those X-ray images or lab tests, which require to use microscope. Why not we can have microscope when you put a slide, you diagnose the disease, or you get the reading. And industry is mm. moving towards it. Like like some of the company like G and others, they are trying to innovate with their ultrasound or big machines so that uh, you don't require radiologist. Your machines will give us uh, early interpretation what's going on with the patients. So those are, I, I believe, uh, a future uh, from, mm. from healthcare standpoint. And um, mm. it's very fascinating for me. And uh, mm. I will see if I get an opportunity to work on such use cases. 
yeah, I mean, just hearing those, it's, it's quite inspiring, right? The, the, the healthcare industry is, is, is just going through this huge transformation because of you know, a lot of the advanced tools and advanced analytics that can be done and, and the value that can be generated. You know, the value, the value generation is just so significant that you know, there, yeah. there's so much money and resource being put into this area. So, so it's, it's, it certainly is an exciting time. I mean, w- one of the other things that sort of came to me was you know, even Apple are saying you know, they might become known as a healthcare company themselves, you know, with Apple Watch and, and, uh, and the iPhone, et cetera. That, that's where they personally, where they as a, as a business see a, a huge impact that they can make. So, yeah, you know, really, really, really. A lot of variables. And, um, and that's what that makes me very, I will say, lucky enough to work in a healthcare with God mm. grace. Uh, I chosen my education as a pharmacy. I understand science. Now I can connect the dots better, right? What scientific mm-hmm. communities require. Think about mm-hmm. for COVID, right? COVID, we see a lot of news articles, right? We don't know which one to trust. And uh, when I open a phone after my office, I see thousands of articles about COVID, which is new. Which one to trust? Which one have the right data set, right? Now, what's the possibility, right? And that's where you need to restrict somehow, right? The information age. Right, mm-hmm. so that we push the information which is required for the audience. It should be vetted before it get published. So mm-hmm. how we take this unstructured data with a lot of data variables in it, and if the machine able to read it and provide a summary out of it, which one to trust, which one do not to trust, that's the future of information age. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I would love to see when my kids grow up and uh, maybe what we are learning today, it's absolute something mm. new will will come up in next 20 years and i have seen a fascinated growth in in technology ai machine learning and even google when i opened my first email account we don't have google to search we need to re- read the textbooks mm. and uh, now everything is on one click so i think my kid will have a different future and it's fascinating to look at what's in for us <laughs> yeah i mean it's seriously exciting it's a, it's a very ex- exciting sp- just gen- generally, the the data and analytics space is is uh, I sort of say, I, I find myself saying this on almost every episode. It's just a world of opportunity. It's a super exciting space to be in, and 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 still much further, so, so much more room to grow, uh, so much you know, so much more growth and and advancement to happen. Anush, I think we better round off there. A re- incredible conversation. Really, really enjoyed your insights. You've got you know some super experience in, in in such a large industry, and just just to be able to leverage off some of your backgrounds and and your experiences, and and also what you're doing um, right now, uh, I think has been great. I've learned uh, learned quite a bit myself, uh, and I'm sure the audience, our audience, uh, would have as well. So. Just a big thank you for uh, for your time and, and, for, and for jumping on the podcast with me. No problems and thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Great. Okay, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Analytic Mind. Another, another, another great episode down. Don't forget to, to subscribe on your on your favorite channel and uh, and also don't forget to leave us some feedback. We always, we always read it. Okay, everyone. Take care. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's great to be connected and I hope you are enjoying the content we're creating through the Analytic Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this session, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of each episode as we release them. If you want to learn more about Enterprise DNA and the many initiatives we're working on, 
check out www.enterprisedna.co. There we have a range of resources to download, events to attend, and information to explore. We're leading the charge around this new paradigm we're living in, where tools like Power BI can literally change how an organization manages, analyzes, and distributes insights that can make an impact. It's an exciting moment in the analytics space. So glad that you're on this journey with us. Take care.